This is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. Perfect Organism is the only exclusive alien podcast of its kind, with our official discussion group, the Wayland Yutani Bulletin. It was crew, expendable. The next time they sent in Marines, they were expendable too. What makes you think they're gonna care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass end of space? You really think they're gonna let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're, we're crud, and they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's, that's died. Not one. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 58. I am your host, J.M. Prater, and this is my co-host. Ryan, what's up, guys? Been a while. Yeah, quite a while. It's been about a little bit over three weeks, actually, and we've just kind of been debriefing, trying to talk about when to, to record, but uh, kind of dealing with some, to be honest, with me, and I know Ryan, we discussed this, just a little bit of loss of interest, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, or just like a blow to the stomach, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just kind of, I don't know, after Covenant, kind of the fallout with that, I mean, once again, I know some people liked it and there was good parts to it, but uh, it just kind of left me, um, put me in a little lull, uh, honestly. Um, when did it come out? Middle of May, I think, or May, May 19th. 19th, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know we've done, you know, two or three podcasts since then, but it's just, uh, I don't know, I just, yeah, it was a lot, loss of interest, just wasn't as as motivated by things, seeing a lot of the fandom, um, so polarized, and so uh, a lot of, mostly on the negative side, you know, and that's kind of, you know, that's where I'm sort of sitting too, um, and that's just been, it's just kind of hurt hurt my interest for a while, but uh, I feel like it's reviving again, even uh, even though we got some more recent news, which we're going to talk about, that's um, a little bit more, adding more frustration, but uh, I feel a little bit more fired up to kind of engage yeah. in the series. And, for sure. And, so. and it's some vindication, too, just because uh, there was a lot of speculation as to what Neil Blomkamp's uh, project was, and uh, people kind of blew it off as like fan wanking or like right. fan service or just nostalgia when in fact it wasn't when in fact mm-hmm. it was completely different at first mm-hmm. um, but uh, we can kind of get into that but uh, disclaimer everybody mm-hmm. uh, we are a show of opinions um, and I, I I feel like um, you know even in the, the Wayland Utani Bulletin which is of course our partner group and it's the largest um, group uh, for Alien on social media, mm-hmm. uh, across social media platforms. Um, it's hard for anyone to really engage in talking about Alien Covenant. Um, yeah. Not because there aren't people who love it or aren't people who love parts of it like I do, even Ryan does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's like this volatile, it's like letting a bomb explode. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't do anyone any good. And then by the right. time it's over, we've lost some limbs and people are like, yeah, I guess we can't talk about that anymore. 
Um, <laughs> but we are a show of opinions, and uh, I I will never back down from my opinion. Like um, even though this podcast has been in contact with people from Fox in terms of collaboration, I'm going to say what I feel like is gonna I'm gonna, I'm going to say. I know Ryan is the same way. We are, yeah. We're not going to um, make 20th Century Fox feel good and kind of. Uh, but we're also not going to make the fans feel good. We just we are who we are. And yeah. We, I I hope I would imagine that anyone everyone is um, here and listening because they enjoy our opinions. They enjoy the discussion. So yeah. um, we're you know we're going to talk about some things that are uh, 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 can be polarizing or people have very passionate opinions about me being Neil Blomkamp or being Covenant or and right. that kind of thing. So just as you guys continue to watch or sorry to continue to listen know that mm-hmm. we aren't backing down from our opinions um, right so there yeah it is. i mean unless uh, but you know if fox wants to pay me a lot of money i will just sing their praises <laughs> no. oh, <laughs> sure. i mean sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but if they're gonna but pay us some money hey ridley scott is just the bomb yeah. yeah. Oh, Ridley. Oh. Wonderful. <laughs> Swoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us, and then we'll go from there. What? What's telling everyone else? What is going on with uh, Neil Blomkamp? Well, um, so uh, people have been following the Facebook page, Waylon Yutani. And AVP Galaxy, all that, um, they've probably seen this recent um, posting that was an interview uh, that Neil Bloomkamp did with uh, Funhouse. Um, and it was, uh, I, I think it was, I think it was like an extended version of a previous interview. Because I remember some of the parts already, but there was just some new revelations yeah. in it. And uh, pretty... In a way, it was it was surprising, and in a way, it just kind of confirmed what I had already thought, um, already felt like I knew, is that really his project was shut down because of Ridley Scott. And Ridley Scott came in, um, or Bloomcamp had this idea, Fox liked it, Sigourney Weaver was totally on board, um, and Ridley Scott came aboard as producer, and... As uh, as Bloomkamp said in his own words, it just unraveled, um, and it's really it's it's kind of hard to you know read this interview and see. I can I mean Bloomkamp's being very um, he's being very kind towards Ridley Scott. I think he has a lot of respect. He really does and appreciation for Scott and what he's done in his resume. Um, but I think he was really hurt by what, what happened and um, and as a result I feel I feel really let down I feel like this could have been I there obviously there's a chance there's a good chance I mean that Bloom Camp's film might have not done well or might not been good but totally. I had a lot of uh, I just had a lot of excitement I thought why I mean why not give him a shot and give him a chance to do it and um, Maybe it would have been amazing, and you know, maybe the characters would have been made, you know, really well written, and it just would have been done gangbusters at the box office and just critically and with fans, and uh, it might just it might have been fantastic. And I just, um, it, but just to see how it it totally unraveled 
um, because of Ridley Scott. Um, and I feel like Ridley Scott, you know, he he saw this, you know, um, he saw how excited fandom got and how excited people were, were you know, for this movie. And he, I felt like he got a little jealous and, um, and he wanted to take control and he, you know, he didn't like, um, he didn't like that this was getting so much positive feedback and his films were being, were so polarizing and getting a lot of negative feedback, you know, even though there's parts a lot of people like, some people really loved Prometheus, um, you know, but overall it was very polarizing and, and it only did, you know, minimally, um, I think it was minimally profitable at the box office. Um, I felt like, you know, he, he shut it down basically. And he said, no, I, I'm, I want to take control. And because of his reputation and his resume, Fox said, okay, yep. we're, we're going to side with you. Yep. Bloom Camp just doesn't have the clout that really Scott does. And that's how Bloom Camp's film eventually got shut down. And, Really, Scott got to make Covenant, which was now I think is even more more polarizing. And uh, I, you know, I actually like Prometheus better than Covenant. Yep. And, uh, I do too. Yeah. And so it's uh, and now now I don't know I don't know where the where it's going to go from here. It just but it's just such a really upset not just with Scott but with Fox. It's like they yep. just don't know. I felt like they didn't know what to do with the franchise, and really Scott came on board. He said, oh, I got this, these ideas about the space jockey and exploring the history there, blah, blah, blah. And they said, okay, well, let's go with that. And, hey, you're really Scott, so here you go. Um, and, and some of that is makes sense, too, because yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Ridley Scott. He directed you know, Alien, one of the best science fiction films of all time, that was you know, full of mystery and wonder and um, mm -hmm. all those words I like to use, reverence and uh, pacing mm -hmm. and quiet and silence, all of those things. I mean, who, why not, you know? Yeah, and Blade Runner. Yep. I mean, two of his early films, I mean, you see a guy, a young guy... Um, I don't know how, maybe he was in like his late thirties when he made those movies, 40s, but 40s. Oh, he's in his forties. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, but his first really uh, two major films and they're just masterpieces and it's, um, and you know, he's had ups and downs since then. Um, some really good films, some not so good ones, but, uh, really he's got this, you know, amazing reputation as just, a a visual genius and you give him the right script um, and he can just build this amazing world around it. Um, so they brought on, you know, different writers to try and bring his vision to life. And it's just, uh, ended up being, in my opinion, quite a cluster. I mean, just, yeah. you know, of great things and really not so great things. So or just incoherence you and know? incoherent. Yeah, absolutely. So and he's never been a writer. Uh, Ridley Scott is not George Lucas. George Lucas is a storyteller, fundamentally. Ridley he Scott is, is uh, a visualist, fundamentally. Mm -hmm. He's an artist. That is not who he is. His strength is not storytelling in terms of, yes, I have a story I want, I want written. It's, right. let's turn this amazing story into amazing visuals, and they play off each other, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I mean, with Prometheus, a little less so with Covenant, but Prometheus really, I think, exemplified his world-building skills, yeah. his visual um his visual genius but uh but just this incoherence with these ideas and trying to make it into a story um and bringing on you know well with prometheus there's a couple different writers john space and then damon lindelof um and lindelof is just not in my opinion a good film uh screenwriter he is uh, he but uh, so, you know, they they try and just um, and then with Covenant, it was even more. I think it was two different people for the story and then two other people for the screenplay. Yeah, total mismatch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, it's just it's so frustrating. Like I was just reading, reading, you know, kind of the responses to this article on, you know, from people on Facebook and the fandom. And it's decidedly negative you know and it's yep. frust a lot of frustration um that you know ridley scott would not even allow bloom camp to get a chance um to do this and then that fox kind of went along with it yeah yeah that, they sabotaged him essentially yeah and uh bloom camp was too is you know i you know and you said this he was very kind and his language was very specific he really mm -hmm. wanted to not tread on kind of the graces of fox because you don't know what can happen or the graces yeah. of ridley scott but clearly he was saying you know it's hard for me to talk about this and not really tell you why this happened or how this happened right. and really ridley scott was behind all of it i mean and i think fox just reinforced it um but uh, you know to kind of get back into that the Blomkamp, the kind of the un, the unfolding of the actual story behind his film. Yeah, his film was written. Uh, he had a script, a story written that did not involve Rid, Ripley. It involved mm -hmm. a new lead set in the 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 world that James Cameron kind of set up in Aliens, mm -hmm. um, thinking that Ripley wasn't going to be interest you know involved, and you know that Sigourney Weaver wasn't going to be interested. Then Sigourney, after talking about it with Neil Blomkamp, after her, she worked on Chappie with him, mm -hmm. she said, no, I think that this is great. And I really never feel like, felt like Ripley had a, uh, an end, uh, a mm -hmm. proper end. And so they right. re, they re, they went back and reworked the story to yeah. get Ripley in it. And they, you know, he worked for a year on it with, uh, 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 what do you call it? A, a concept artist, like a right. yeah, concept artist and Sigourney Weaver. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of criticisms that Neil Blomkamp's story was nostalgia or fan, like, um, what's the term? Fan, um, service, fan service. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, when in fact it wasn't, I mean, at least from what we can gather, it wasn't, he, the movie didn't even include Ripley or Newt. It was something completely different that they tailored. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 and to me hearing that vindicates my ideas about kind of not that like you said ryan not that um his film um who knows this film might not have worked this film right. might not have succeeded it could have fallen flat or just been like oh interesting but mm -hmm. nah, you know um but what people cannot argue what they yeah. cannot discount is that this man is passionate about Aliens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a story that he was burning to tell. These are the people you want in charge of the films. Um, yeah. And 
then you know like you said i mean essentially he was sabotaged um right yeah and uh i you know i yeah you know i know we're, we want to kind of talk about aliens and or the alien trilogy and or the alien franchise and planet of the apes a little bit but you know mm-hmm. really um fox 20th century fox since the inception of alien 3 when it, which went through like eight different writers it had like four or five different oh, screenplays uh, since that time fox has been inept in terms of yeah. getting an alien film made and it continues to be that way they cannot for the life of them get an alien film that's over that is received like a marvel film that is received yeah. like a planet of the apes film that is received like an x-men film i mean um even some of the x-men films i have some problems with but they're largely satisfying except for apocalypse yeah. which i thought was horrible um which one apocalypse Oh yeah, uh, oh just dreck. It was just terrible. It was just bullshit. Yeah, I know. Um, I just just CGI wall to wall. Brian Singer, get him out of the X Men. <laughs> done with him. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> but still, but even still, okay. And Twentieth Century Fox can give us time after time X Men films. Aside from that one, and people probably will say uh, Last Stand, but I loved Last Stand. But still, Last yeah. Stand made a lot of money, even if people it was derided by the fan base. Or Logan, I mean, yeah, uh, Logan, yeah, Logan, yeah, it's been firing on all cylinders, even X-Men Apocalypse that that I don't like, and a lot of people don't, it has made money for, they're making another one, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and why can they not get Alien right? Yeah, man, it's like they just ran, I just really don't feel like they know what to do with the franchise, and I'm not sure why, I mean, with so many... They must have so many creative powerhouses there at Fox that you would think they would be able to come up with uh, you know a good plan, long term plan for the story, and that they would get people on board that really are passionate about it. I just don't yeah. feel like anyone um, they bring on board or any one of the you know the head executive producers really care that much about it. Yeah. Um, or they just don't know. The screen. Yeah. Or, yeah, or they just don't know what to do. And it's just so bizarre. Um, you know, it's, and I, I don't know, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, I, I don't know why they can't get it right. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, but I, you know, and I, I think with, them bringing Ridley Scott on board. Um, I think they did think they were going, I really do feel like they thought they were going on the right track. Yeah. Oh, let's bring back the guy who got this, you know, who directed the initial one, got this whole franchise rolling, um, who's basically a, a legend. And um, yeah, he's got some interesting ideas, no story or script, obviously, but we can bring people on board to kind of flesh it out. And, um, and it didn't, in my opinion, and I think it's, um, you know, pretty clear that it just hasn't worked right. And it's, uh, and now I don't know where, where Fox is with it. And I, I don't know if they're going to continue with this. Um, but uh, I really do feel like they can re- still redeem themselves. And there's still, pl- there's still a, a road this franchise can go down that can be successful. Yeah. But they need to bring the right people on that can... Yeah. I really have a passion and a desire to yeah. and a love for this franchise, you yeah. know. And, and stop farming it out like, okay, we need to get another alien film going. So this is what happens. Right. They say, mm-hmm. 
then we need to get another alien film going. Okay, who are the writers that we can get on this? It's it's a committee. So these things right. move through this committee. Let's get so and so. Let's get so and so. Why don't mm-hmm. we have them write a draft? Have him write a draft, and then we'll meet. And then we'll have him meet this director. Okay, say Ridley Scott or whoever. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this director here. Um, yeah. Let's say. Does he want to do it? Say mm-hmm. it's you know. Um, I don't know. Say it's let's David Fincher. I don't know somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's let's have him read that script. Oh, he's he's on board with that script, but he'd like some changes. Okay, why don't you bring in this writer and have him rewrite it? This is yeah. how it happens. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of like Alien, where you had Daniel Bannon and Ron Chesset saying, we have been working on this story since college. This is right. our passion. Um, and uh, you feel it in every single moment of Alien. You feel yeah. that passion for these characters. You feel that these characters have been around a while. These fe- characters feel lived in. And then mm-hmm. you move to Aliens. And the yeah. story that James Cameron wrote had already been existing because he had written a story called Mother um, mm-hmm. uh, that, he, uh, that, that he wanted to make. And it dealt with like some creatures and it had a female protagonist. But he, yeah. once he got the green light for... His for the aliens project, um, mm-hmm. he incorporated it with Ripley. So yeah. again, this passionate, passionate man who's in love with Alien said, "Yes, I have a burning story that I want to tell you." And then it goes off the rails, you know. Um, yeah, and they don't have anyone. Instead of going back to James Cameron or even back to Ridley Scott, the Ridley Scott from that era, mind you. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't. They said, "Well, let's. We need to get another film made. Who can we talk to?" Let's get this going. Let's get William Gibson. William Gibson's going to write a script. Yeah. First script he's ever written. Oh, okay. Writes a script. Oh, but it doesn't include Ripley. Oh, but we're not really sure if we want to include her. But, uh, oh, maybe, maybe. Okay, this guy over here is going to write a script. Again, just like what I just said, right. this committee. It's moving through a committee. It's moving. Mm-hmm. And it's killing it. It's killing it. Yeah. Slowly, you know? Yeah. Every time they move through a new committee of people, it it hurts the the film it hurts the the writing process um you know and then uh it's interesting i i just bought uh i don't know if you ever seen the movie millennium um which is a, like a late 80s time travel movie kind of a b movie but i was just reading about the the guy who wrote the original novel for it and you know he said he went they went through like six different directors wow yeah and this movie took like 10 years to get made wow I mean, he said every time a new director came on board and wanted to, and I had to rewrite the script, something got lost in it yeah. um, every single time. And that's what that's what hurts uh, Alien 3, even though I still really enjoy Alien 3. Um, it it's did hurt it, and, and then it's just been this cluster ever since. Yeah. That, um, and it just seems like Fox cannot write the ship. Um, and I want to believe there's people there that really care about this franchise and they just haven't been able to get it, you know, get it right. But, uh, I don't know. Um, I almost get to the point now where I'm thinking that they'll just say, Oh, you know, what? forget it. We'll just scrap this franchise. It's just not, not working out. Um, these movies aren't being successful anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't want to believe that's, what's going to happen, but I really feel like they can, I mean, why not go back to Bloom Camp? I mean, people yeah. have been super um, 
excited and really uh, into these short films he's doing with Oates Studios. Yeah. Um, and I've seen them, and I they're just I think they're I think they're really well done. Oh, uh, they're amazing. Like, yeah, especially that first one, Rocco with Sigourney. Yeah. I was like, yeah. dude, sign these, sign this guy up right now yeah. to get their Aliens film made. You know, yeah. I mean, why not give him a chance? You know, it's just um, they they still have a chance to to get things right, and uh, I I hope they do. I mean, obviously, I love this franchise and I want to see it succeed, but uh, it's honestly been. 30 years since a really well done, you know, fully coherent um, and well-written, well-directed alien film has been made. And, uh, you know, obviously once again, you know, you love alien three. I love alien three. A lot of people look back on it now, especially, especially the assembly cut, um, you know, is, uh, is actually a really solid film, but, uh, but really, you know, for alien and aliens, are you know not not polarizing in any way i mean yeah. it's, it's yeah. almost unanim- unanimously positive about those films yeah. and they were just both masterpieces um but uh you know and it's it's obviously really hard to make a great film but i feel like fox um, they need to try harder they need to do something different yeah, um, they need to stop doing what's comfortable for them. They need to, uh, and really, uh, another good alien film doesn't mean spending a hundred million dollars on a budget. It could mean right. spending sixty million dollars on a film that's set in a warehouse or whatever. The sets are built in smaller, you know, containment, and it goes yeah. and it kind of returns to its roots a little bit, where it's mm-hmm. a smaller set. It's not on some planet. It's not on some. It's not in some derelict. You don't need to build another derelict. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah. a smaller film. I mean, and I think really they're going to need to. Test not test, but get a director who's ha- who's a burning story to tell, who mm-hmm. can tell it sm- on a smaller budget. Um, right. Yeah. Um, but you know, going back to what you said about Alien Three, you know, I think about Alien Three and the production hell that it went through. When I was in film school uh, and mm-hmm. I was taking my screenwriting classes, um, the film they talked about uh, that went through development hell was Alien Three, and they handed us all these scripts, um, which mm-hmm. I still have. Um, and it's odd that the irony in Alien 3 is that you have um, the movie is very kind of hopeless and narcissistic or nihilistic, sorry. Um, hopeless and nihilistic. And um, it's just, a, it's a bit of a bummer. Um, and yeah, I, it not, is. And not, and I mean, it's it's even harder for me to watch these days. I'm not, I mean, I, and I, I, I call it a masterpiece. I believe it, except for the yeah. effects. Um, right. Yeah. But it's an odd, it's also a statement on it's a reflection on the process that the movie got made itself. Like to me, it almost speaks like, like essentially Ripley and alien three was screwed one last time by the company, but that's also what was going on in production. Right. Um, yeah. David Fincher was being screwed. Um, yeah. And, and that's also kind of what fandom felt like. So this, it was this double whammy where this character we knew, knew and love has met her end. And we are hopeless, but mm-hmm. it also met her end, but by the hands of this company and the company that made the movie. Um, and yeah. the, the larger irony here is that 20th Century Fox um, and unwittingly Ridley Scott, they kind of end up being like the company. They end up right. like franchise expendable, you know, mm-hmm. all priorities rescinded, like uh, like it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter that you want a Blomkamp's film. 
we're doing yeah. what we want to because you guys are expendable. And now that's a very over dramatic. It's, mm-hmm. it's very dramatized. I get that people who are listening. And yeah. also too, I don't mean to sound like I'm entitled. Like I'm yeah. entitled to what the film that I want. That's not my intention either. What I'm saying is this is how I feel. This right. is how, how kind of gutted that I feel. And a lot of people feel. Um, and then especially now that Blomkamp has kind of gone on record saying, actually, no, this is what happened. And I'm upset about it. Um, yeah. It's like a punch to his gut and ours. Like, mm-hmm. um, inst- Because I remember when all that was happening um, and the, his Instagram was on fire. And I remember yeah. uh, posting on the official uh, podcast page an, mm-hmm. an image of his uh, concept design. And the, it was like a meme. It said, this is the only alien film we want to see. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it was like, "Fuck you!" You know, you're not get, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. We're bringing this creature back. Fuck ICC quarantine. You know, yeah, uh, um, yeah. That's how I felt. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, and, but mm-hmm. I also know, I really truly know that 20th Century Fox, they do want to hit. They do want to film that. That's you know, they hoped Covenant would be, would work. They hoped right. people would jump aboard. Um, mm-hmm. and. You know, uh, but I also feel like too karma. Karma is really a true thing. You know, I, yeah. I think that there's a lot of unfairness went down, and they screwed the little guy. They mm-hmm. fucked over the little guy, and I don't mean maybe they didn't mean to. Uh, maybe that wasn't what their intention was, but that's what happened. And right. the, the 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 product of that was the consequences of that was a film that has polarized the fan base even more so than I've seen before. A film right. that we can't even talk about anymore. Right. Um, we can't even talk about yeah. it. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. There's someone posted. I remember on our Facebook page, like, oh, it's just so it's so disappointing to see all the negativity and this. It's hurting this page, and yeah, uh, and, and I think you responded, and Dave, and it's just like, dude, this is this is the true representation of fandom right now. Yeah. Um, and it's hurting, and it's um, it is uh, it is negative, and it is polarizing. Yeah. That's what these films are doing to the fandom, and yeah. it's it's there's there's no subjectivity to it. That's how it actually is going down, and it's I don't think it's hurting the page at all, or or the way when you Tony Bolton or anything. I mean, this is how people really feel about it, and it's uh, yeah. It, I I honestly I really don't feel like. Um, Fox wants this, you know, at all. I, I mean, obviously they want to make think films that are profitable, and I mean, to me, it seemed like Bloom Camp's film was a slam dunk. Yes, um, yes, you know, and I, I'm still, I have no idea why they, um, haven't, you know, gone to him to give him, a, you know, another chance, or, or I don't know, maybe there's still, still stuff going on underneath the you know surface or behind closed doors I don't know about probably not but I, I mean I'm just um, I'm thinking I mean yeah they yeah. I think they really do want to hit and I mean they obviously want to make money they don't want to keep making films in a franchise that keep failing and keep um, costing them you know costing them money so I just uh, you know or losses I should say um, and uh, yeah I just I want, oh man, I want so bad for them to make a good yeah. alien film again yeah. and to be, to have that passion and to show it on the screen is, has, has not been there at all. And, uh, man, it's just been so disappointing, so frustrating, 
all of, all these other synonyms I know I could come up with. Yeah, yeah. Um, over and over again, and it's like, come on, you know, you guys need to really, you know, nail this down and like, you know, get get in there, get the right people involved, get serious about making a great movie again. I know they can. Um, I really believe in them. I, but I really feel like, like I said before, they didn't know what they wanted to do with this franchise. Really, Scott came to them with these ideas, and they just completely gave it to him yeah. and said, you know what, you take it, do what you want with it, because we don't know what we want. Yeah. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So, but they didn't uh, have the forethought or whatever to realize, hey, you can't demystify the space jockey. You right. can't, you can't yeah. demystify the alien. That's that <laughs> mystery of what these things are and where they've come from. That's what drew people into this because that's what sci-fi does. It's the mm -hmm. mystery. It's yeah. It's um, it is like yeah. It's the mystery of it. It's uh, I don't know where the alien came from. I don't know where the space jockey came from, and my mind is going. But don't answer mm -hmm. that question for me because I don't need it answered. Um, right. But he yeah. pulled a George Lucas. And, you know, obviously mm -hmm. there are people who love the prequels, but a larger majority of Star Wars fans do not. Right. Um, and I think, you know, uh, they're, the prequels are kind of creaking and they're aging a little bit okay, but still not that great. Um, right. And Ridley Scott re-engaged this alien world like, oh, I'm going to make this Star Wars, when in fact it is not Star Wars. When in fact right. it will never be Star Wars. It will never make those numbers. Um, and he started demystifying things that uh, never needed it. Um, yeah. He started answering questions. No, not that people didn't have those questions in their head, but they weren't looking, they weren't asking, they weren't saying 20th century Fox, please answer this question for me. Ridley Scott, please answer this question for me. It was one of those questions that were like, no, let's let that ruminate inside my head and my heart until I'm dead. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there's ways they could have, um, you know, because some of the some of the stuff in these films has been really interesting to me, and I think they could have explored these things while still maintaining a certain shred of you know of that mystery and that um, you know that you know the space jockey and you know or maybe little surprises. We think we know where where it's going, but you know there's these huge you know twists and turns. But it hasn't really been that. I mean, I think everyone seems to know almost exactly where these films are going, you know, um, or has a good idea. And, um, and this whole idea of this, of David, um, although I like the character kind of, he, that he's kind of the sole demystification yeah. of this. And, um, now it's, Oh, it's all this, this Android that did all this. And it just, it takes all that away you know, from, um, and people will say, well, you know what, you still, you always have the first two or three alien films, you know, whatever, blah, blah. But it does, in a way, I mean, because I, I look at the franchise as a whole, and uh, it does hurt, yep. you know, films in a way, yep. in, in my opinion. Um, even though I always love them, and, you know, I'm, I'm always going to have these thoughts like, okay, so you know, this, this creature is really this, you know, creation from an Android from Whalen Utani. Now, now I have this idea, even though I, people say, oh, you know, you don't have to accept it as canon, blah, blah, blah. It's, it just gets, now that you got this idea in, in your head, at least, um, at least I do in mind that, 
you know, now this is, this is how it happened. Um, cause these films aren't being made as, you know, these side stories or alternate universe. Yeah. I mean, they're, this is like, you know, these are the Canon films. This is like yeah. what happened. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, it is. And it's frustrating it, that they're going to probably package the alien saga with these films now, you know? Right. Like, yeah. you know, there's no more alien trilogy or alien quadrilogy. Cause I can handle alien four being in there, you know? Mm. Um, even that really it, is alternate universe. It, oh, it's totally stuff. parody alternate universe. Right. But yeah. you know, at least there was some, you know, I mean, and alien four alien resurrection was again, Fox farming it out. We need mm-hmm. we need to, we need to revive this series. Let's do it. What can we do? Hey, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, he did Buffy. He's a good female writer. Let's get him. <laughs> and then turns out one of the worst scripts ever written. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was the same old story, same old song, and they tried to hire visualists, people who can mm-hmm. capture instead of you know um, who can't even speak the language. Um, right. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> someone uh, uh, on the Wayland Dutani Bulletin, uh, and rightfully so, said, you know. Sigourney Weaver had some has some ownership in kind of these films, like Alien Resurrection, specific, uh, uh, more specifically, but also right. Alien Three. How she mm-hmm. signed on to these films and she praised the script for Alien Resurrection, as did Winona Ryder. Um, and it was it was garbage. It was garbage, and they right. didn't know it. And she signed on. She said for one scene, you don't do that. You don't sign on right. to a film for one scene. You don't sign on film because oh hey, my character is very interesting. And that in, embodiment of Ripley was, even though it wasn't the Ripley that we know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was just a different person yeah. who looked like her. Um, mm-hmm. She should have signed. She should have signed on to Alien Resurrection because this script from beginning to end is rocking and all right. of these characters are amazing but she it was mm-hmm. she was very she had a she had a, like tunnel vision it was just about her role it was about what she was doing um, yeah and she kind of you know they paid her however much money 10 million dollars or whatever and she did it you know yeah and uh the series suffered for it it was a big blow mm-hmm. to it um yeah and it's again one of those films and uh, across social media no one discusses right no one talks yeah. about um mm-hmm. And I yeah. mean, even okay. Alien Three, people talk about quite a bit in, in, mm-hmm. in compare by comparison. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, Alien Resurrection. Occasionally, someone will come on board um, a bulletin or our page or something and say, oh, "I really like Resurrection," and um, you know, it's and most of the responses are like, "Huh?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, really? Um, <laughs> why? Why is that? Or you know, or it'd be a lot less, you know. Uh, lot less nice than that you know in the response <laughs> like um but it's just uh it's crazy that uh and i yeah i just don't think fox and maybe sigourney really knew where to go with the the franchise and i just think it was a a bad because it ended i thought it ended on a, a it pretty much completed the trilogy at the end of alien 3 there was really nowhere for yeah. it to go and i think they just like well i mean it's a very popular franchise maybe we should just try and revive it somehow and um yeah let's bring oh joss whedon oh yeah he's he's a kind of up-and-coming guy let's bring him on board and let's bring another this great visual director on board who doesn't speak english and yeah we'll (laughs) we'll hire a translator that really is uh 
not telling them the right or you know, <laughs> I, I'm not telling them the right things or I don't know. I'm yeah, just, yeah. just joking about that. But I mean, you know, it's just, uh, you, you know, it just, it, it was just a, you know, just a cluster and oh, totally. uh, it's really frustrating. And then they decide to go the AVP route, um, you know, a few years later, even though Scott and James Cameron, we're thinking about, you know, doing an Alien 5. And uh, they're like, nah, let's go with the AVP. You know, we're going to turn down two of the greatest directors from the last 30 years and do these AVP films. <laughs> but, uh, which I guess could have been good. Um, well, just James Cameron was writing the script, it would have been good. Right. Even if it yeah. would have been a little bit obvious, because I think he's a bit of an obvious writer. Um, yeah. I don't think Cameron is just like, oh, wow, he has all these original ideas. Um, but his stories are solid. His right. stories, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, the tor even though Titanic gets a lot of grief these days, his story was solid from beginning to end. That was a solid script. Avatar is a solid script, you know. Right. He yeah. knows how to tell a good story, even if the story is overly familiar or um, something that seems that we've seen before. He tells you stories and people go in droves to buy it. I mean, or to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. So there was no doubt in my mind that if Ridley Scott was directing and James Cameron was writing the script, Alien 5 would have been gangbusters. It would have right. been amazing. These two powerhouses of sci-fi coming together to make, you know, to kind of write the ship and, you know, it didn't happen. Um, right. But then, uh, you know, I think we kind of, I think about like how Alien was made and uh, just the Ridley Scott of that time, you know, in 78 when the film was being made, you know, Ridley Scott was a director who was very, very new. Um, mm -hmm. Alien was his big break. You know, he had, he had filmed The Duelist beforehand. Um, he was a director who was taking, who was, you know, getting, you know, 10 to 15 takes to get it right. Right. The attention to detail, the layering of the sets. I mean, the sets on the Stromo, the sets on Blade Runner, the sets on... Um, legend and all of his films at that point, right. very detailed and just amazing and lush and rich. Um, yeah. And he took his time um, to really make sure let's get this right. You felt that kind of slow burn. The Ridley Scott today rushes through these films. He does one to two takes, maybe three. And this mm -hmm. is on record. This is him saying, these are other people saying he works quickly. Um, yeah. And, uh, you see it in the film, and he, you know, it, it, they, and he edits them down big time oh, just, yes. just to get to a runtime. Yeah, uh, and it's like let's, and it's like he's his ultimate studio man. Like, no, let's get under two hours. Let's let's get it down. No, 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 trim that off. Trim that off. We don't need it. We don't need it. As opposed yeah. to, you no, know, let's tell the story that needs to be told. And yeah, and it is what it is. You know. Yeah. There's that other piece of news about. Really wanting to once again shoehorn yeah. Ridley Ripley's mother, you know, into the sequel to Covenant, and just I think almost a unanimously yeah. collective groans from fandom and people. It's like, what is going on with this guy? Yeah. Um, and I, I just I don't know. I don't know what's his vision just seems so it's all over the place and it's so incoherent. He wants to shoehorn things in. It was obvious in covenant that he just 
shoehorned in without any desire to have it in there, the, the Xenos and um, creatures. And, but he's, you know, yeah, you're like you said, he's kind of become a studio man. The studio said, you know, we, we like your ideas, but we want the creatures in there because some people said that that was the reason they didn't like Prometheus. And mm. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that really came from. I guess some people said that, but really it was the poor characterization, the incoherence of the plot. It was just, um, poor acting and just, uh, you know, a lot of other things that really hurt that, the film. Um, and I think even more so with Covenant and it's just, uh, I, I just don't think he's the right person to, you know, go forward with this, with this franchise, even as a producer, I just don't think he should have any attachment to it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would agree. Uh, I think, uh, really the, the torch needs to be passed the way George Lucas passed it on to Disney. The torch, yeah. needs to, it's, it's done. It's done. He's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've, and just to let people know, I have heard word. Now this isn't just like hearsay or, or, um, speculation, I have heard word from people who are connected and who were contracted for the next Alien film that they have been halted and there are no more films for now. Um, yeah. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, and that gutted me to hear. Not that I wanted yeah. to see another uh, another Ridley Scott prequel. I didn't. I don't. Right. Um, but just that, you know, Fox is kind of stepping back and figuring out what they want to do. And they need to. They need to. And I, I'm going to, uh, before I kind of continue that, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say... I don't think that the fans always have the answers. I think the fans are all over the place and they're passionate and, you know, it's really what you'll engage more. It's just passion. Right. And, um, sometimes they won't be able to articulate, um, what they want or what they, you know, but what they can articulate in unison is we want to be in love with something. We want right. to root for it. And we are two prequels in to two prequels into the alien franchise. There is no bankable character. Um, yeah, the cast all. has changed from each film since AV, the AVP films. There's been a different cast each film since the mm-hmm. AVP films. So yeah. you're two prequels in and you don't have a character, no one's pivoting around. What, what's the pivot point? And I was having a discussion with um, a friend of mine named Patrick Green who's actually playing Aaron uh, Andrews in uh, the Proximity script, mm-hmm. uh, the Proximity audio drama that we're producing. Um, but I was telling him, I was saying, you know, he, he's seen Covenant six times or five times or whatever, and he loves it. And we were discussing it because I kind of want to understand that, you know. Um, yeah. I don't want to poo-poo it. I don't want to say, oh, well, you're dumb. Because I don't think that, right. you know. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. we're all different. We all enjoy different things in different ways. Um, but I really want to understand. But I, I, we got to this point where I said, you know, it's interesting, uh, Patrick, is that you – what you enjoy about Covenant, it's not, you know, you're not talking about characters that you like. You're talking about ideas. You really mm-hmm. like these ideas. These are really cool. And it's crazy. And it's great. Yeah. And another friend of mine named Demetrius, um, he he said, I'll take the crazy of Covenant over Wonder Woman any day or whatever, whatever movie he was talking about. And I understand that. I fundamentally yeah. understand that. Covenant was crazy. It was all crazy doing crazy shit. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, it was different. It's different than any other film that was coming out. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you had crazy robots doing crazy things, and I get <laughs> that. That it's kind of very not. It's not part of the mainstream. You know, right. yeah, um, I totally get that and appreciate that. But the problem is, is that's not enough. The alien right. films were never just about good ideas. The alien mm-hmm. films pivoted around characters, and it doesn't have to be the same character for the you know or 
or the same issues for that character that Ripley went through. But we need to have, you know, um, you know, we, we come out of covenant thinking or yeah. we go into covenant thinking Daniels is the star. Then right. we leave covenant thinking who well, Daniels, who, you know, completely forgettable, right. completely, mm-hmm. but they sold the film with her. They're yeah. still, we saw was her, you know, all of these, all of these things were her. It was Daniels. It was Daniels. It was Daniels. But then we get there and it's this bait and switch. And it wasn't yeah. about Daniels. It was about David. And that's not a bad thing, but that's how you sold the film. And right. That's, you yeah. know, and that gets into the whole marketing for this film and how they gave, and Prometheus too, they gave everything away in the marketing. Everything. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. this is an alien film. Here are aliens. Here are aliens. Oh, there's a backbursting scene. Oh, here's the first trailer and you're going to see the backburster almost come out in it. Like they've, they they gave everything away. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then you think about Apes, the Planet of the Apes films, where have been sh- they are shrouded in mystery. You don't see a lot. You don't mm-hmm. hear a lot. They release a trailer. They release another one. Then they release the film, and yeah. the film does gangbusters. Um, yeah. And uh, I, you know, then we sit back and we're scratching our heads, like it's mm-hmm. like two different studios making these films. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing with the and it's the same same body. It just these two areas where one group is really they're passionate. They're writing these great scripts. I mean, the new the new Planet of the Apes is coming out this coming weekend, and yeah. it's already getting rave reviews again yeah. um, for all three films, which is amazing for a trilogy yeah. of of films. Um, do so well critically, especially sci-fi. Um, and, uh, it's, and I'm sure it's going to do extremely well again. I, when I, I went to see Spider-Man last night, when they showed the plan of the age trailer, people were, you could tell there was excitement in the room for it. I mean, people were super just stoked oh, wow. that this movie's coming out and, um, people were applauding and it was, uh, you know, it got me even you know more excited for it. And I just, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. I think. Um, and uh, there's none of that for these alien films, and there should be. And there was anticipation. People were, you know, um, you know, I remember reading like most anticipated movies of the summer, and you know, Covenant was up there for yeah. um, a lot of people because um, I think with the marketing, like you said, they showed. The, unfortunately showed all the great parts and gave it all away and then um, you know but the the film comes out and it just underwhelms um, because all the good stuff was seen already yes yes and it's, and like you said there was this thinking that um, Daniels you know play like Catherine Watterson kind of an up-and-coming actress um, was going to be the the star and kind of maybe sort of carry the torch in these, um, of this franchise. And it's, that's not really the case. I mean, for all we know, she could be end up dead again at the beginning of the next film, just like Shaw was at the beginning of, um, basically the beginning of covenant, yeah. you know, is um, there's just nothing, no one, no protagonists to hang these films on. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, and I mean, focus. and, and, Mm-hmm. Or focus. What what are these films right. about? Aside from the right. larger, longer life mm-hmm. and creators, like the creators and the creations, like the opening of Covenant, there's the yeah. creator and the creation, a very Blade Runner theme. But these aren't about this this 
these films aren't about robots. Even though robots play a part in the Alien series, they're not. It's not about them, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's about the human the human journey. It's not yeah. about it. There, it's not about who created us. Like the, right. that becomes a separate film. That becomes yeah. a separate thing. If you want to go off and make like, I I, I just think that these thematically the it's uneven like not that those things can't be explored um but there's confusion like well so this isn't an alien film but oh wait yes it is oh but here's androids in it um but they're talking about like the whole stuff all that stuff with david and walter in in covenant it was brilliant brilliant um Mm -hmm. but it was also like huh okay i guess why is this an alien film yeah Yeah. why is this here like what's this about Uh, right yeah it's uh you know, and that's right. I, I mean, I look at Prometheus and Covenant as almost like spiritual sequels to Blade Runner in a way. I mean, it's like Brilly Scott wanted to explore these ideas that fit more with the Blade Runner um, series, or I guess it's yeah. just one film, but um, fit more with that those themes. But he wanted to throw it into um into the alien franchise and then shoehorns in the xenos but does obviously doesn't care about it thinks they're cooked um and you know just the but he just has these ideas and i think and yeah when people talk about when they like covenant and prometheus it's they like the ideas in it it's almost unanimous that that's what well, that's what they like about it. It's just not really the characters or the stories. Although people do like David, and I, I do like David to an extent. I think he's interesting. But, uh, you know, it's mostly these ideas that I guess probably Ridley Scott liked too, but they just can't throw these, throw it into a coherent story. And he edits them down and the pacing's off, and it's uh, he just wants to meet a runtime. So, um it's just which just frustrates me to no end. I I hate it when a director just wants to make a meter runtime. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no way you would get that with Christopher Nolan or Denny Villeneuve or yeah. Dave Fincher. There's no way that they yeah. would edit a film down just to get to a runtime. Yeah. And that just shows me that his you know really heart. Not just that, but you know that's part of the reason. That I just don't feel like he's just that into it that, and it just doesn't care that much, um, you know. And, and he doesn't care if these edits, you know, make the story even more incoherent or they they screw up the pacing. It just, you know, to him, it's hey, if we get this under two hours, that means more showings and maybe we'll get more money out of it. Or um, I don't know. I who knows what the reasoning is, but it's frustrating. Um, yeah. to say the least, it's, uh, actually, you know, pisses me off, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. all the things. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah. Uh, and from his own mouth, he said that mm-hmm. he looks at these films as jobs. These are jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, that's, you know, uh, that's just not how you look at, you know, I, I would say Ridley Scott is a master craftsman. I don't know if he's a master artist. Um, I think, He's not a storyteller. I think he's a visual. He's a visualist. Um, David Fincher's a storyteller. Uh, mm-hmm. James Cameron's a storyteller. Steven Spielberg's a storyteller. Uh, Paul uh, Paul and Paul W. Anderson is a storyteller. Um, what's that guy behind? Um, 
oh, those quirky films. Um, oh, those, those weird quirky films that are great. The Life Aquatic. What's his name? Um, oh, man. Anderson. Another Anderson uh, guy. Another Tom Anderson or something like that. Um, storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Real storyteller. And, you know, these, like you said, you know, these, these directors aren't going to sacrifice their art for runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to come in under budget, but they also have, they're trying to make a piece of art. They're trying right. to kind of uh, tell a story and they're going to make sure that story is told. And I even think, I think about um, Prometheus now and I compare that to Covenant. By comparison, Prometheus is a slower film. Prometheus, it, oh, ta- yeah. it takes in its atmosphere a little bit more. Um, it's a richer film. It's a denser film. Um, mm-hmm. In Covenant, there is no time for none. anything none you yeah. don't get to see where they're the 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 structure they go into you get to know none of their surroundings none right of it. um and uh that's a really big problem that film mm-hmm. was edited so briskly that you it, it, all the wonder and the beauty was edited right out of it you know right or if there was a moment it was taken up by chatter or exposition um yeah prometheus was the slower more um you could just feel it. Like even uh, visually Prometheus is far be- more beautiful than Covenant. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the images are far more arresting. The, it's just more interesting to look at. Covenant isn't, mm-hmm. um, even though Covenant has the better characters. It truly, yeah, it does. Um, and but unfortunately you see the best, you know, the best scene of, characters in the prologue they release, you know, with, (laughs) you know, gives you the most background. It gives you, and I remember, um, I remember when you were, you saw it and you came away from it. Like that was, that was just so refreshing to see, um, that, I mean, thinking that this would carry over into the actual film that seeing the, these real believable characters, like breathing characters, in this in this prologue scene um and unfortunately that's not in the film and that hurts the film because there isn't really something in the that's left in the movie that brings those characters to life it just um and it's it's frustrating and um i feel like i'm using that word a lot but that's really it it just bothers me a lot that uh that was just these things were edited out, and it looks like with the, um, the upcoming DVD Blu-ray release too. It just it seems to me like Fox um, didn't put a lot of didn't put a lot into it. I mean, it's, I guess there's a, a lot of deleted scenes, but I don't think there's any kind of you know behind the scenes featurettes. There's really it's kind of a a bare bones, yeah, um, totally. and there's no like uh director's cut or extended version that a lot of films have and you'd think some of these scenes would probably help flesh things out but it just doesn't seem like they put a lot into it they just kind of want to get this thing out there um next month and um kind of be done with it yeah and move on from it for sure right yeah um, um yeah, this, this movie was a failure. It was. Um, it was. It was a financial and, and I mean, critically, it got some. It was pretty well received, um, but you know, uh, word of mouth then killed it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Critically, it did. Um, it did fairly well. I will, you know, admit that, and I, that actually got me pretty excited going into it. I mean, 
Rotten Tomatoes and I mean I don't know how super reliable those things are Metacritic, but you know there it was in the it was in the good like range that it was it looks like it was be a solid film. Um, but yeah, word of mouth after people saw it and just really hurt it. Yeah, and uh, underperformed even though it was number one its first weekend and then it just dropped off. Yeah, horrendously. The yeah, second 80%. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really. I mean, domestically, yeah. I mean, really, word of mouth. I think fandom just m- much of fandom tore it to bits. And I think these right. days, social media, you know, I mean, I think about Wonder Woman. People started going on social media and posting and writing things about how amazing Wonder Woman and that film just boom took off. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't, it, it did better the next week. Um, yeah. Like, like it, it was just, but you know, and really social media, you know, if you don't have your fans, if you don't, if you haven't engaged people, they're going to go online and they're going to tell you, don't go see this film or, oh, right. I don't know. I'm not sure. And mm-hmm. most of alien covenants reaction was, I'm not sure. But what I want to do right now is I, yeah. I, I, I want to kind of pivot away. People know what we think about alien covenant. Um, I've kind of made this thing where I didn't really want to talk about it. And I don't really want to bring our readers down or sorry, not our readers, our listeners down. Not that I feel like I'm bringing you down, but you know what I feel. You know that I'm passionate. You know that Ryan is passionate. Um, you know, our thoughts around covenant. And I think even as we sat here and discussed it, you, what you're hearing is passion and, and frustration and disappointment. Um, and also, yes, noticing that we, um, there are things about the film that we really did enjoy and that there were great gripping things and gripping Mm -hmm. moments. I mean, I could watch the first, 45 minutes of that film over and over, you know, it was really, yeah. really, really intrigued me, but I want to pivot away from there. And I want to talk about like the future, um, because we don't know if Blomkamp's film is going to happen. Probably not. I'm suspecting. Right. Um, yeah. even though I heard word that, uh, it was all smokescreen and they're still making his film. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very, I, I can be gullible. To be quite honest, I can be a bit yeah. naive, or maybe no, those aren't the terms I should use. I, I can be hopeful, overly optimistic, and kind of believe what I hear, um, maybe a little bit too easily. Um, but I've been yeah. thinking a lot about sequels, and even how can how can they um, save? How could they save a, a, a sequel to Covenant? Um, yeah. And I have an idea about that, um, but I, I'm curious before I get into that, like what what would you want to see in a sequel, whether it's rated a Covenant or not? Um, well, if it's a sequel to Covenant, I, my idea is that it would be the, so they go to, so they end up going to Orgai 6, um, which is actually LB426, and, um, and there's a, you know, David goes there and he's playing all these experiments. He's got all these colonists um, and also uh, Daniels and um, and uh, what's that comedians? See, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, his his character. So he's got all of them in um, cryo sleep, and he's probably going to start experimenting on them. But off somewhere else in the galaxy there's these engineers that are really pissed off about what David did to that colony on the, on that planet. And they're coming after him to um, basically to, you know, destroy him. And so, um, so my idea was, you know, they come to the planet and come to kill David and, uh, 
I guess the, I, what came to mind kind of a way to, you know, bring a twist to it is that um, suddenly these engineers are being killed off um, one by one. We're not sure if it's, um, if it's David that's doing it or not. Um, and, uh, it turns out there, there was already, um, you know, already Xenos on the planet and we don't know where they came from and they weren't actually created by, by David. Hmm. Um, and, you know, so I, I don't know, it, it kind of add, I would think in a way it would add some of the mystery back in like, oh, I thought this whole time that they were leading up to this idea that David created the, ended up creating the classic Xeno that we know from the first alien, but it actually wasn't him. And he's the one who ends up getting killed. Maybe he was a, um, or there was someone, someone, one of the other engineers ends up being that space jockey. It wasn't David. David gets killed either by, you know, one of these Xenos or one of the engineers or, um, and, uh, you know, and then, then the film, and I think they really should just end it with the next, the sequel, but somehow it ends up, you know, these, these colonists are, um, egg morphed, um, out of the cryo sleep chamber into eggs and they're stuck on a derelict there. And, uh, and a derelict that the engineer was, you know, going to fly off with, but it got chest bursted and maybe crashed back down to the planet. And then that's where it kind of leads into the first alien film. Um, and there, I mean, obviously there'd be, um, you know, other things to kind of plug in there, but I would just think, you know, that maybe that would kind of keep the mystery. Cause I, right now it's, it looks like they're just, um, it's getting they're They've just so demystified it, as you said. Um, I think they need to find some way to kind of bring the mystery back in and, Oh, like how, how are these Xenos already there? Um, and you know, where did they come from? Who, it wasn't the engineers. It wasn't David. Who was it? Um, and maybe there's hints as to who, but anyways, that's kind of my idea that I had. And, Maybe it's kind of incoherent, but it just um, just a thought I had of how they could make a sequel to Covenant and kind of uh, wrap this thing up. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, I like and, that. I like that idea that they go to the planet and there are already aliens there. Um, yeah. That that that's interesting. That'd be mm -hmm. creepy because you think there's this idea that's being built up, like oh, David's the creator, so he's going to create something. When in fact there's already something there, you know? Right. And it's mm -hmm. a little bit different. It's a little bit more biomechanical perhaps. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so. my idea, uh, I'd say a similar premise. And actually I wrote it up and I posted it on our page a few weeks back and I didn't cite who I just threw it up there just to see how people yeah. would respond to it. Um, and so my idea would be that the covenant, uh, ends up crash landing on, um, Orge six, most mm -hmm. of the colonists who had survived are dead, except right. for 20. Um, the 20 that survive include uh, Daniels and uh, Tennessee. Um, yeah. David is smashed beyond repair, but he can still talk. Uh, mm -hmm. He can still open his eyes or whatever. Um, and so they're on this planet. It's very, it's not uninhabitable, but it's it needs terraforming and it needs work. 
So uh, with the colonists and, uh, you know, uh, Daniels in Tennessee, they decide, okay, we're here. Um, we just, you know, had a crazy ordeal before. And so we're here, we're going to terraform this planet and we're going to get to work and we're going to start building. And this, that's what they start doing. Um, most of the embryos are gone except for, I think, six. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so they start growing those embryos in, in surviving med pods. Um, the embryos that were in the, in the container with the, the things with the, uh, Face hugger, face baby things, yeah. whatever those mm-hmm. stupid things were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they're they're gone. The face hugger babies and the three embryos surrounding them are gone. Um, yeah, and there's like a quick shot of of that drawer being mm-hmm. empty. Um, and so, uh, at the same time, mother, um, what's left of mother on covenant is is uh, communicating with the company, and mm-hmm. the company after they had received the events of what had happened at that planet in covenant, they had already sent out a team um, right. to assess. But instead of going to that planet, they're going to Orge six. Um, right. And so mother unbeknownst to anyone else is kind of insidiously sending everything back to network, mm-hmm. back to the company. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. Um, right. And no one knows. No one knows. Everyone just thinks, Hey, we're on this planet. Um, and this is where we are. There's no communication or whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And meanwhile, in a cave somewhere or wherever on this planet, the three embryos that were missing, the human embryos, are mysteriously growing by themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the setup I have. Um, yeah. And I felt like bringing the company back in creates that sense. It kind of jumps back to earlier themes in the original three where there is this company who's out for no good. Um, right. and, uh, the lives of, you know, Tennessee and Daniels and the surviving colonists are in jeopardy and they're not mm-hmm. just in jeopardy because of what's happening with the, you know, uh, with the embryos that are growing. That's probably there. They aren't growing into something good or something good might not come from that. They're also in jeopardy from this company because we don't know why the company's coming. Um, right. we don't know, you know, um, what their motives are. And I think that that double, that double threat is really mm-hmm. important that these people are a threat to the company that they work for and they're a threat to the alien. Bringing yeah. that back will really kind of bring some of that mystery back. I right. wouldn't incorporate any engineers and be done with all of it. This is really about people trying to build a new life and yeah. what's, and something happens while they're yeah. trying to build a new life and how they deal yeah. with it. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my idea for a sequel. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And, uh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe um, if this does lead right in the back of Alien, there's some reference to the, um, and maybe it's not sending a ship from, you know, Earth to Origai 6. It's Wailing Utani um, sending a message maybe to an outpost where the Nostromo is to, oh, you guys need to replace the science officer on the Nostromo with this, with Ash. Yeah. And then, um, and then that's um, maybe that's how it kind of ends, and it's the Nostromo um, on its way. I think it's on its way back to Earth, but it's actually heading towards LB four two six. And uh, and then there's some uh, another reference where a beacon is um, or a warning message is is sent out from um, from you know Orgai six, and that's 
that's kind of how it leads right into alien. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, so that's, um, that's the kind of idea. I, I really like your idea though. That's, um, yeah. I, I think ultimately though, what I would rather see, let's leave it all behind. Let have, let the story of covenant be wrapped up verbally in a verbal, Hey, didn't this happen? Didn't they blah, 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 blah. I think the next film needs to be, um, set uh, as a not maybe a sequel with Sigourney Weaver, but just it's a new alien film, and we have a, a, a yes, unfortunately, maybe a new cast of characters um, that are connected to the past. And I'm not yeah. talking like relatives, like these are relatives of Daniel's, but just obviously a connection, an in universe connection. Um, let's go off into a different direction. Let's take this to let's either take this to a new world, let's take this to a space station, let's take this somewhere else. Let's get yeah. out. Of, let's get out of this prequel zone, you know. Because yeah. really, I, I I just don't even know. Uh, I don't think even in both of our ideas, as exciting as they might be, I still think they'd be very polarizing. I just think that the prequels, yeah. the pre prequels are a polarizing thing. I think uh, Fox should have known that. I think Ridley Scott should have known that. That you don't, you know, prequels weren't going to be wildly successful, um, yeah. unless they were just amazing films. Um, yeah, and, I and they would be if we brought back Ripley's mother into it. Oh, so I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or her sister, Danny. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and third and fifth cousins from yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> five times removed. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's. Uh, but no, I, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think no matter what, um, the sequels would be um, or would be polarizing. Um, I think they I think they they can still be remedied. I think the um, passion and and uh, excitement can be brought back into the franchise, even if they do decide to continue with the prequels. Um, but uh, but really, I think the best way to go is to move on in a different direction. And uh, you know, it's it's interesting that. They tried. They did a couple films for with the AVP idea, and those failed. And they they did sort of an about face, and then um, tried to go in a different direction with Ridley. They got two films in. Those have, um, you know, also uh, failed. They, yeah, they yeah. failed. And I think uh, maybe this will be another, you know, another. Um, opportunity or another moment where they say, you know what, it's, it's time to get, change gears. And, um, you know, these aren't, these aren't going in the right direction. And this is a franchise that needs to be treated better by us. Um, look at what's going on at other parts of the company with like the apes films, yeah. with the X-Men films with, well, with, uh, many of them. I mean, uh, days of future past. I loved, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really didn't, didn't like apocalypse. Logan is still the best movie I've seen this year. Yeah. Logan's um, awesome. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, there's, there's people there at Fox that can, I feel like can write the ship. Um, and there's people outside of Fox that I think can, um, that can help, you know, write the ship as well and bring this franchise back in the right direction. I really feel like, they should still give Bloom Camp a chance. Um, I feel like he's got a great story. He's got a story to tell, and he has this, a love for this franchise and a desire 
Um, to bring it back, it looks like Sigourney Weaver was um, is really on board to do this film. Michael Bean. I mean, there's there's a uh, you know they they were really excited about it, um, and and it got squashed. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe Bloomcam just doesn't care anymore about it. Um, Sometimes that happens, though. You know, they worked. Mm -hmm. He worked on the project for a year, and then they pulled the plug. Sometimes for these filmmakers, they feel like I've made the film already. I can't. It's gone. The the gusto is gone. You know. Um, But really, the answer for Fox is, um, and it's kind of. I I think about like us trying to advise Fox, and probably some of the um, the studio heads at Fox or the people in charge would be like. Well, who are you? Who do you think you are? Are you some sort of fan? Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't say that. Maybe they'd be gracious, but um, they would think that... <laughs> I have a that... bachelor's degree in liberal studies, darn <laughs> <laughs> um, But Take really, they might think, box. you know, who, just because you're a fan doesn't mean, you you know, blah, 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 blah. But really, I think they need... The, the people who put Logan together are the kind of people you need putting an alien film together. It aren't, it's not going to be the people who put Logan together. It's going to be someone yeah. like... I'll say it. Someone like me, someone like you, someone like Bill, mm. Bill Robbie, someone like Aaron Percival, um, yeah. who say, let's create a panel of people who aren't just fans, but people who fundamentally know the themes of these films, who are passionate. Let's get them in on the conversation and yeah. let's find out. Let's let's workshop this. Um, yeah. And let's not let's make sure it's not just a committee like oh we're trying to get a movie made let's hurry up let's workshop yeah. this let's 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 find the passion let's listen they're not mm-hmm. listening and we have proof of them not listening the proof mm-hmm. is Neil Blomkamp fandom and audiences even general audience were like what oh my god <laughs> um, yeah. Fox did not and would not listen um, right and they went with Ridley Scott and you have what we have right. Um, and it's not to say that they're obviously like we talked about. There are people who love Covenant. Uh, there are people who love Prometheus, um, but they're really in love with the ideas of the film and the kind of craziness of them. Um, they, you know, they don't. You know, even on the you know the bulletin, no one talks about characters from Covenant. No one talks about characters from Prometheus, or if they do. They'll talk. They'll laugh about David doing the fingering. You know, it's it's right, kind of yeah. <laughs> making fun of it. No yeah. one talks about these characters from these films. It's all about let's these ideas. It was cool. This was cool. The engineers yeah. were cool. The alien. It was crazy. It was crazy. That stuff right. going on there was crazy. I loved it. Not to- <laughs> they don't talk about the characters. They don't talk yeah. about the themes. It's all kind of peripheral things that they love about the film. Which right. that's great. But that doesn't make it mean it's a good film. It means you just love certain things from it. You know. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I'm not that type of person, to be honest with you. I'm not the type of person that can say. Well, you know, I really love the visuals from this, and yeah, I know yeah. the movie sucks, but I love the visuals. Like, I, I'm, I'm the, I, films have to yeah. work on all levels for me, right? For me to be aboard, and I feel like that's what we need from an alien film. It just can't be this. Oh well, the aliens were cool, or the sets were cool. That's not enough. And if no. that's enough, and this attitude of, well, you know, I'll just watch it because you know I'll just take what I can get and. You know, we don't know if we're gonna get. You know, it's Ridley Scott, so you know we don't know if he's how how long. We'll just let's just you know just, just let's just be thankful. I fuck that. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's get a good movie, and if it's not a good movie, let's talk about it and let's work until there is a good movie. Um, right. Because the reality is, if Fox goes ahead with another Alien film in a different direction, them getting us on board is going to be the most difficult part of making that film. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I guess if they care, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But yeah, no, I I agree. They, they need to, they need to do something different and it starts at the top. Um, and they, whoever's at the top, I don't know who's lead. I mean, who's really running the show there at Fox or who's, you know, has final say, but I think it's, I think it's time to move on from Scott and to really rethink, uh, you know, how to go forward with this franchise because I, I don't think it's dead. You know, I don't think this is a franchise that, that there, there's nothing left in it. You know, I think there really is. I think there's great stories that can be told in this universe. Um, and you know, with the, with, you know, new characters that we can root for and, you know, fall in love with and, um, and believe in. And, uh, it just, it's going to take, uh, it takes a lot of work, but, um, you know, I believe they can do it and they've shown it with their other, other films and other franchises. And why, why not try as hard as you can and to make this one another very successful film. And, if it takes, like you said, lowering the budget a little bit and like they, you know, M. Night Shyamalan kind of reinvented himself yep. with lower budget films and Split was a huge success and a great movie and, uh, you know, brought things back on board. And, um, you know, maybe that's maybe that's a way to go, kind of lower the budget, make the next film smaller and but uh, fo- focus on characters, focus on, you know, these um, normal, ordinary people trying to survive extraordinary circumstances, which is kind of just a, a staple of the, the Alien franchise, and um, at least for the first two or three films. Yeah, and let's uh, yeah, and let's come out of those films with this a lead, and it can be a male. Like let's let's stop this. We need another Ripley business, and we need another right. female character. Um, let's stop this. Um, there will never be another Ripley, as as evidenced by. Prometheus and Covenant, right? Um, and we don't need another Ripley. Let's bring, make it, make you know, give the role to uh, a man, you know, not that a, you know, or whatever. Just to just toss things up, or give right. the role to an android that we can, like I, we, we were talking about apes, and you know, uh, I, the apes film are incredible, and part of the, what's incredible about them is Caesar, and we can yeah. relate to Caesar. But Caesar's an ape; he's not a human. But we relate to him because we relate right. to his struggles. So mm-hmm. it doesn't like I think make the protagonist a droid. You know, what yeah. if the protagonist in the next Alien film is a droid? Um, yeah. But it's a sentient yeah. droid, and it's someone we can believe in. It's someone who has some um, moral conundrums or isn't sure. You know. But it's we end up at the end of this alien film like fuck yeah he won or yeah. he got out or he 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 was able to escape or he got this person out like hey I'm all for it you know yeah um let's let's Chappie that's it yeah, yeah bring Chappie back <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah are you alien <laughs> yeah. I am Chappie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But really, yeah. I mean, I think the sky is the limit. I think really, uh, there's a lot of possibility. I, and I really, I mean, I, I, I really hope that Fox comes to people like us and says, "We want to talk with you guys, and we yeah. want to take you guys seriously." And I mean, maybe there's other people. Maybe they. 
uh, maybe for them, maybe for Fox or whatever studios that's slumming it. But then at the same time, I think about Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm, ha- those people go to Star Wars uh, celebrations and to conventions and they meet fans and these fans say how much they love, blah, blah, blah. And then they hire these people. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why can't Fox do that? You know, say, hey, um, hey, they've got some pretty good ideas. Or Tim Levin, who's written all those films, or Alan or Alan Foster, what's what's that guy's name? Alan, Alan Dean Foster. Yeah, but, like, hey, mm-hmm. what is an alien film that you think it would be good? Why right, don't you yeah. give us a script? Get a script from Tim Levin. Get a script from Alan Dean Foster, people who live and breathe this stuff. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's what I want to hear. That's what, that's what they should be doing. Um, and they need to be doing. If they right. farm out another alien film through a committee, we're fucked. I mean, this year, yeah. I mean, unless they just by ha- chance happen to hit gold, um, this, the way that they're making alien films is not working. Um, right. The way that Ridley Scott has approached making his alien, his prequels, uh, having some ideas and having six writers write those ideas down, um, is not working. Right. I agree. Yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great, man. I think, uh, I think, uh, I, I don't really have, uh, any, any follow-up to that. I think that's a a great way to kind of close this out for today. But, uh, really, yeah. I mean, they, they, they need to, they need to really rethink their strategy right now. And, um, and if they, if they really want, even really rethink if they want to do this anymore. Um, Because I would rather they just not do it for a while if they're just not that interested or if they just don't want to put in the the, uh, the effort and the the desire and bring the right people on board that, you know, live and breathe this franchise um, that want to, you know, make another, make a great film and reignite the series. Um, If they just don't, care then just don't don't do it and we'll just you know um we'll have other things i mean we got our um you know audio drama that we're going to be working on uh, that we have been working on um and uh you know we got there's like going to be other projects and other passions and things to talk about i don't need fox to be making more um incoherent you know garbage films that just show that they, they don't really that they don't really care about the franchise um, and to the one listener left after that yeah right right yeah i mean I, that's harsh you know i i'm sorry that that was a bit harsh but uh in in a way i mean um and that's you know and I, i'm just thinking like the review i wrote a review of it of covenant i gave it a six and a half out of ten which is you know mildly recommendable um but, uh, you know, like it's like the more I've thought about it over the last couple months, you know, the, the worse it's kind of got in my mind. And um, I really just think um, aside from that one sequence, uh, the backburster sequence and the throat burster, it was just uh, just not just wasn't well done. But uh, anyways, that's kind of an aside. It just I, I think Fox um, has has a lot of work cut out for him. Uh, with this franchise and yeah, but they, but they can do it. I believe in them. And if there's someone from Fox listening, look, I, I am fully, I fully support you guys and I want you guys to do a great job. Um, and I know Jamie does too. And 
everyone um, in the fandom is pulling for you guys to make a great film. But, but right now, these films are not working and they're failing and they're hurting the series. And people really love and care about these films. And we want these we want the, this to be great again, you know, yeah. um, and want this to be we want to fall in love with the characters and the stories and um, we want to help them market it. We want to yeah. say, yes, go see this film. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Let us help you guys out. Honestly, like let us and our listeners and other people, let us help you um, realize this and to turn things around. I mean, we would love, I would love that opportunity. You would love that opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't mean like you don't have to officially like hire us, but you know, kind of get get some ideas or have us reach out to fans and say, okay, let's see what uh, what you guys really want, and we can say, oh, hey guys, we're Fox has contacted us, and we want they want to hear from you guys, and they're really listening what you want to see in this Alien franchise in the future. Um, it doesn't mean like doing fan service. It just means here, you know, hearing us out like Lucasfilm and Disney does for the Star Wars franchise. Yep. And um, I mean, geez, look at Force Awakens and um, you know uh, Rogue One. I mean, just obviously Force Awakens has some some problems with it, but I loved it. Oh my gosh, yeah, and Rogue I One too. Rogue One was legit. That was a great movie. Um, look at the directors, too, for not yeah. so much The Force Awakens, but certainly Rogue One and then The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson and Gareth Edwards. Mm-hmm. They've had some big films. They're, they haven't had blockbuster films. They were risks for Lucasfilm to take. Risks. Mm-hmm. Big risks. Because they're somewhat untested. Um, oh, yeah. Colin mm-hmm. Trevor, whatever his name is, um, he's a Tri- bit more tested because yeah. of Jurassic World. I mean, he's a legit blockbuster filmmaker. These yeah. other guys, not so much. Um, mm-hmm. But Lucasfilm said, we're going to go with you um, mm-hmm. because we believe in you. And that's what Fox has to do. They have to find someone who is in love with these films, in love with the themes of these films, and say, we're going with such and such. Neil Blomkamp is that person. Now, right. whether they'll do that or not, I'm not sure. But I know that there are other Neil Blomkamp's, Duncan Jones, um, yeah. who mm-hmm. did Moon, who could probably direct the hell out of an alien yeah. film and really mm-hmm. write a good story. Um, yeah. I think someone of a higher pedigree like uh, Christopher Nolan, going oh, after him oh. saying, uh, who's fa- one of his all-time favorite films, one of them is uh, Blade Runner, saying, hey, can you, what, what do you think, Mr. Nolan? Would you be yeah. interested in directing the alien film that you wrote? Um Going back, I say, you know, oh gosh, like, I mean, seriously, that would just blow my mind oh, if yeah. Chris Nolan got to make an alien film. Yeah. yeah. That would be, I mean, it would be a shoo-in. We would, it would be, it would be an amazing film. I mean, Christopher right. Nolan, uh, he has done no wrong. I mean, there is not one of, some people maybe don't like his films here and there, but every one of his films has made tons of money and they've been amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um and just characters you can really relate to and uh, just some, you know, themes and just the stories. I mean, Interstellar, I was just yeah. absorbed in yeah. this world yeah. um, and these characters. And, um, you know, it just that, that movie just blew, blows my mind. I yeah. watched it again recently here at home. And it was just, again, like 
this movie. Uh, this this guy just gets it, yeah. you know. And yeah. they need to bring people on board that get it, you know. And yeah. I just don't think they've they've accomplished that with these prequels. And I really think too with the prequels. What's really, if I think about the first three films, the you know, Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3, there's a lot of emotion going on. There's real emotional investment. Uh, you feel something for these characters. Uh, you know, you, you feel it when Ripley wakes up in Aliens and she's screaming and she's rubbing her chest. And you, when she's seeing, and she's in the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the thing that she's driving and the Marines are, uh, in the ABC, or the ABC yeah, and she's watching the uh, the woman being chest bursted, and you see, and you know what's going on in her head. You, oh, she's yeah. remembering Kane. You're there with her. You've taken that journey with her. Um, there's emotional investment, and really, mm -hmm. really, at the heart of the issue, despite the great things that are in both Prometheus and in Covenant, there's yeah. no emotional investment in these films. Right, none. Mm -hmm. That's what's sinking them because aliens aren't enough, robots aren't enough. Setting isn't enough. Cool ships aren't enough. Emotional investment. And yeah. they need to have emotional investment. And until that happens, these films are going to fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry anyone listening who loves those movies. I, I really uh, I, I love and appreciate the fact that you guys love those movies. And um, I don't look... I don't look at you in any negative light whatsoever for, for loving them. And, you know, um, I'm glad we have, there's fans out there that do, do really love and appreciate them, you know? Um, but, uh, but for me, they just have not, they just have not worked. And overall they have not worked. There's been great parts to them. Um, and, um, but overall it's just, and I think it's, Showing a you know objectively and you know um, not just within you know the diehard fandom but just the general public it's just it's just not not connecting with people and these films need to connect with people again yeah that's what that's what great films do they they connect with people on a on a personal level yeah um, yeah as much uh, criticism uh, as Avatar gets I I'll be the first to say I connected with Jake Sully. I was with him, mm -hmm. you know, I was with him as he was learning to be um, part of the, the Na'vi, whatever, however you say that. Um, and uh, that film is, uh, that film replays in my head quite a bit. And I mm -hmm. have a lot of criticisms for it, but I connected with him. Yeah. I connected with um, Natiri, um, the, the kind of girl he meets, the Na'vi girl he meets and right, yeah. ends up marrying. I connected with her. I became emotionally invested in her, her looks at him, her, her emotion as her home was destroyed. I connected with her, you know, yeah. as much criticism as I have for that film and it being Fern Gully part two, I connected <laughs> with those characters. So you know what? At the end of the day, that's what matters. That's why yeah. Avatar was successful because there's a human connection made with very non-human characters. Right. I, I I have no connection with Alien and Prometheus, despite me loving the idea of the engineers. I love uh, the execution. I, I think that they're iconic and beautiful. Uh, there's uh, the the design of the hammerpeed, uh, the interiors mm -hmm. of the of the temple, and all that stuff. Amazing stuff there mm -hmm. um, that I really connected with. Um, I have no emotional connection with Prometheus. I, I, I just don't care. Um, right. And uh, it's not to say that there's, obviously there's things of merit there 
Um, which is more to say, more that I can say for other people. Some people connect with nothing in those films, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really yeah. try, you know. Uh, I, so, but really, I mean, I, I guess I, I can just wrap this up saying that that's what I. That's what this needs. It's not just for me; it's for everyone. We mm-hmm. need to connect with these films. We need to make more of a connection than yeah, it's crazy and it's cool, and I loved it because it's crazy and it's cool. We need a character. We need someone that it's either a John Doe or a Jane Doe or uh, an Android John Doe. And, uh, you know, and, uh, that we can, uh, wake up in the middle of the night thinking, I wonder what's going on with them or I can't wait to see the next chapter of their life, you know? Right. Absolutely. And with that folks, I say that that's a wrap. Yeah. Sounds great, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening guys. Yep. Thanks everybody. Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. <laughs>